Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, and listeners, and hopefully new subscribers. I'm your co-host, Brady Bunch, a.k.a. the Non-Binary Ninja, and I'm here, as always, with your host, Timmy B. So on today's episode, we're going to have the pleasure of talking to a real monster, all right? Not the Loch Ness. This one's real. Uh, we're going to, pardon my pronunciation, but we're going to learn about where... Uh, and Ganu is going next, right? We've heard some heavyweight news. What's new with Dana White? And we're gonna reveal something to y'all that probably 99% of UFC fans know nothing about when it comes to the UFC. So you know what? Let's get this rocking and rolling. Tim, hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fighting Sight Podcast. Let's talk. Our guest today is a Canadian-born MMA fighter currently competing in the UFC's featherweight division and takes on Superboy, Du Ho Choi, on February 4th, Lewis versus Spivak. He's the owner of Muskoka Martial Arts in Gravenhurst, Ontario, and this man is ready to make a statement win in just a few weeks. But first, he's here to chat, and we couldn't be more excited. Everybody, please welcome to the podcast, Kyle the Monster. Nelson. Hey, thanks for having me. What's up, Kyle? Fellow Canadian. This is the third Canadian in a row on the podcast. Yes. Very excited, Kyle. And I see you are too, my friend. Kyle, you are fighting Du Ho Choi, Superboy. Before you say anything bad, and just so you understand, my wife is South Korean. <laughs> okay. So this has created a lot of controversy in our household, Kyle. Um, I went online and I was searching and I saw a photo of you two standing off against one another already. I want to put it here for the fans. There it is. <laughs> Kyle, are you the Lex Luthor to Superboy? I guess I'm going to have to be. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting is this fight? I mean, Duho Choi is a fan favorite across the world. He was. He, he was quite high up there for a little while. Uh, huge fight for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, uh, you know, a very exciting fighter. Obviously, he jumped into the UFC scene, uh, you know, with three wins, uh, some impressive knockouts, and then, uh, you know, the fight of the year with uh, Cub Swanson. They got him into the UFC Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, it was a great fight. And then, yeah, then he went on a couple fight uh, losing streak there. Um, and then I think some injuries and stuff. And then um, I heard maybe it was mandatory military service that kind of kept him out for, for a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to welcome back into the UFC. And I think he got married as well. Mm. So all those things have, you know, life takes place. But now yep. he's here. And that that uh, Hall of Fame performance, I was there because I was here in Toronto. Were you at that fight? I don't believe so. Okay. You would remember. Yeah. That was a pretty insane night. Mm -hmm. uh, but Duho Choi, now, here's the thing. The event was supposed to take place in Korea, hmm. right? Um, sometimes when the UFC goes to foreign markets, they like to have a bunch of hometown fighters or a lot of the time, and they will, okay, I'm just going to say, it. they're going to try to let those hometown fighters win. They're going to mm -hmm. try to give them matchups where they think, okay, the hometown's going to be happy. Kyle, 
Is the rumor true? Did they move this fight back to Vegas because they knew you were going to destroy Superboy and didn't want to disappoint the South Korean fans? Yeah, yeah, they thought there'd be a riot in South Korea after I won. So it'll be, you know, kind of neutral territory now in Vegas where we're neither of us are in a hometown. So nothing crazy should happen. Yeah, good. It just saves in, uh, cross border like travesty, right? That's yeah. pretty much. Yeah, good. <laughs> Uh, but how, how, how did you take that news? I mean, it, it must be a little bit disappointing. You lose a nice trip to South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely kind of getting excited to, uh, spend some time in South Korea. Uh, my fiance was coming out. We had planned to stay for like four or five days after the fight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of do some touristy stuff and check out South Korea. Now, are you a, are you a fan of the Korean culture? Like it's a very trendy culture right now with like K-pop music and Korean mm -hmm. dramas on Netflix. Are, are you a fan of all that stuff? Anime? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, to some degree, I'm not big on, on subtitles, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even just like, you know, some of the, I've done a couple um, or at least one interview um, with someone in South Korea and yeah, I mean, it went great, super respectful. You know, I definitely, you know, love their, you know, their culture and stuff like that. And so I definitely, you know, it sucks. I'm not going to be able to go there and, you know, experience firsthand this time. But hopefully, uh, you know, either in the future, I'll get to go to uh, South Korea with the UFC or maybe even just uh, just head out that way for a vacation. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice. Uh, I've always wanted to go. My wife and I got married a couple years ago. That was going to be our honeymoon trip. And with the pandemic and everything, we didn't get to go. So we're hoping to be able to go in the future. It should have been beautiful. You paid a lot of respect to the Korean culture with your fight shirt, which I want to put on screen. It's badass. Yeah. It's a really nice shirt. Uh, of course, it has on it that the fight's in Korea. So that it's almost like a little bit of a, a special edition shirt now. <laughs> yeah. But in yep. Korean, it uh, it says the monster is coming. Is that yep. right? Is that what you thought it was going to say? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I kind of threw into the old Google Translate. And <laughs> that's what it gave back. So wait, is that how you did that? You use Google Translate? You didn't clarify it with a Korean person just in case? <laughs> you no, know, I don't. I don't have any know any Korean. So yeah, it was all that was all Google Translate. So it was a shot in the dark. But yeah, oh, it worked out good. All right. Well, just to let you know, my wife translated it and it does come out perfect. So, you, so you're right. safe. Awesome. <laughs> in the future, if you're fighting in Korea again, feel free to reach out to me and I can help you translate just in case. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, so this fight now. Okay. So not in Korea. Um, what are you expecting here in this fight? What are you expecting to happen here? Yeah, so I mean, I think we'll we'll see the same uh, Superboy that we've seen in all his other fights. You know, great kickboxing, good boxing, uh, moves forward. You know, he's got some power in his hands and stuff. I don't expect a lot of offensive wrestling or jiu-jitsu out of him. Um, you know, that doesn't seem to be his style. He likes to stand and, and put on a show for the audience, and, and I think that's more my style as well. You know, I've you know I train the the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it's more or less like a countermeasure, I guess. You know, it's only there if I really need it, you know, if I run into somebody like Khabib or something. But, um, you know, my I, I enjoy mixed martial arts for the, the stand-up aspect of it, the kickboxing and Muay Thai and stuff. So I think it's going to be great to test my, you know, technique and my skill set 
um, you know, against Superboy standing. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, this is a big fight. I feel for both of you, like this is a big, important fight for both of you in your careers in the featherweight division. Um, is this fight now? And I, I didn't realize, is this in front of a crowd or is this at the apex? So this is at the apex. So they've got like a couple little bleachers, but it'll only be like 50 people, maybe like it won't be, yeah. it won't be a crazy 20,000 fan audience. Like it would have been in South Korea, which is god awful for <laughs> this has been my new year's uh wish for two years in a row now kyle is that they get rid of the apex i can't stand it i feel like yeah. your fight specifically here would have been an incredible fight to be in front of fans yeah um now here's something we had beast boy on mike davis beast boy mike davis did you know that in his last fight he sold his corner man spot for like ten thousand dollars no, I didn't. Um, but I had actually looked at doing something like that too. I was thinking, um, especially when it got moved back to Vegas. Yeah. Um, I was like, like I didn't have. I had my my head coach, Alain Halmagene, and my wrestling coach, Adrian Woolley, coming down. And then I was like, I didn't really have anybody else. Like my fiance's coming, but you know, I wasn't really planning on having her in the corner. Yeah. Uh, so I thought about you know, you know, fishing that out to some sponsors or somebody to see if. Anybody be interested? Yeah, no, definitely help out. Um, but then with it being in the apex, usually when we fight in arenas, we get tickets and then my, my fiance would just come and sit in, like the family section. But because it's at the apex, from what I understand, I won't be getting like any tickets or any seats or anything like that. So my fiance would have just had to go to like a bar or something or a restaurant in Las <laughs> Vegas by herself to, to watch the fight. So I was like, well, you know, I'll just, she can just come in the corner and that way she can, uh, you know, be in the apex and watch me fight live. Okay. So that, okay. So then your wife is going to be in your corner. Yeah. Will she be paying you $10,000 for your ticket then? No, no. I'll have to talk to her about that, but she's been making me a lot of good food for this training camp. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so we might call it even. And, and Kyle, that's 10 grand us, us Canadians. That's like 20 grand Canadian. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's cool, though, that your wife is going to be in the corner for you. That's your first time having her in the corner? Or your fiancé, yeah. sorry. Yeah? yeah? Awesome, man. That's cool. Uh, good friend of the podcast who does the theme song for our podcast, Brian Bam Bam Barbarena. Yep. He's, he's had his wife in the in the corner for the last couple, too. So it's nice. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a, a couple fighters do it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see see why not. She's been here with me every step through the training camp and even before the fight. and. And, you know, helping out, you know, more than almost anybody, really. So why not have her come along? That's awesome. That's awesome. Brady, you were going to say? Uh, I'm trying to think of what my question is going to be. It, <laughs> I forgot. All good. ADHD. Well, <laughs> Kyle, uh, you just posted, I think it was maybe today. And obviously, because you're coming on, I was keeping track of your Instagram. But you just posted today with you at Muskoka Martial Arts. And you put up a, a beautiful picture with you and your family. Yep. which is very nice. Um, so when you say that, and I saw that your wife was in a gi, so she does train martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. So she started uh, training jujitsu back in April. So she's, she's still pretty new to it, but yeah, she's definitely, I mean, she was athletic all her life uh, and played a lot of sports and stuff. So she's picked it up really well. Nice. That's cool. And then I'm just going to put it on the screen for those that don't already follow you, Kyle, of course, you should be following at the monster 705 underscore UFC. That's where we can find you. Is that the best place to find you on social media? 
Yeah, yeah. I think probably my my Instagram gets the, you know, I try and post everything everywhere, but Instagram definitely um, I'm more active on that one. Nice, nice. And uh, you opened up your gym, Muskoka Martial Arts, which is in Gravenhurst. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that gym going? It looks absolutely beautiful. I wish I could make the drive down there. Yeah, yeah, it's going really well. You know, I, I grew up in you know Muskoka, so Huntsville, Bracebridge, Gravenhurst. So, you know, like 98% of my family's there, all my friends and stuff. So it's always been a dream of mine to open up a gym in, in Muskoka. Um, but I, just, I didn't plan to do it this soon. I was kind of like, well, when I retire and stuff, I'll do it. But, uh, you know, a great opportunity opened up and um, I was able to snag a, a good business partner that helps me, uh, you know, run classes and stuff when I'm not able to be there. So, yeah, so it seemed like the right time. And, yeah, we've been open for a year now. And it's, it's growing great. Like the students, um, you know, are growing really fast and we're getting a lot of talent, even though Gravenhurst and Muskoka is kind of a, you know, it's not Toronto. There's not, you know, 2 million people or whatever, but we still get a lot of hardworking people out. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And like, I mean, imagine like out in that area, all of a sudden you find a mixed martial arts gym and then in there is Kyle the Monster Nelson, like a UFC fighter. How cool is that? When I started training here in uh, Markham, just outside of Toronto, Kyle, it was, I think, two months after I was in my MMA class that I realized my coach was a UFC fighter, was Sean the Punisher Pearson. Yeah, and I didn't reckon, and I didn't recognize him at the time because he had grown a beard. Like he looked way different than he did on TV. And then after like a few months, I was like, "Wait a second, this is Sean Pearson from the UFC." Kyle, has it, do people realize that you're a UFC fighter? Like, do they? Yeah, know coming I, I in? think most of them do, just just because. Uh... You know, Muskoka's, Huntsville, Gravenhurst, all is a pretty small community. Right, so we right. don't have a lot of, um, I guess, people that, like, go out of Muskoka and kind of do, uh, you know, big things like this, like be on TV or whatever. And and so I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of people do recognize it. Other than, like, some of the, the kids in the kids' class would be, like, four or five years old. And, <laughs> you know, they don't really know what's going on anywhere anyway. So, but, yeah. Nice, nice. That's cool, man. That, that, can I ask a couple of questions? Uh, yeah. Because yep. one of my dreams is to get my buddies to start a gym with me. Uh, and we interviewed another UFC fighter that I know runs their own gym. Um, out of curiosity, do you think it's something, is it, uh, you don't have to answer this. Does it cost a lot of money to open a gym? Or if someone's got a good $20,000 saved up, 30,000. Is it possible to start with something like that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like your biggest expense is generally mats. Um, and depending on the style of gym you want, if you want to open up like a kickboxing style of gym, you don't necessarily need like the, the thicker expensive uh, jujitsu mats. So then you can get away with like just, you know, some punching bags and stuff and like some of the foam mats. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's not too bad at all. If you're doing, yeah, like a, more of an MMA style gym where you're going to have the, the thicker mats, uh, especially when you get like the wall mats, that stuff gets really expensive. But uh, yeah, I mean, you should be able to do it for, for 10 or under, I would think. Nice. Or you can open up a street beef right. gym and just do it like outside in a park, right? Yep. Just have it street beef style and just do it like that. Uh, Kyle, you're a few weeks out from the fight now. So are you like in the heaviest moment of your training now before you kind of wind down or what, where are you at? Uh, yeah, 
yeah, like as far as the intensity of my training sessions, uh, they're they're pretty intense right now. I mean, we've been we got this fight with a lot of notice, and uh, usually going down to 145 is pretty, you know, it's a it's a pretty difficult for me. So sometimes my training kind of lacks leading up to the fight, but because we had so much notice in, for this one, I've been able to you know keep my calories high, uh, you know, still eat protein and all that good stuff. And, uh, so I've been able to perform a lot better in my training and keep like a higher output and intensity for my training. So, yeah, so we're going to take this all the way, you know, pretty much right up until fight week. Nice, buddy. I'm so happy for you because I know I saw some interviews with you before and you were talking about the weight cut and the short notice fights. This one, you've had a plenty of, uh, leeway and notice to do this. So you're able to, to work your way down. And uh, we're looking forward to a massive fight from you, man. This is huge. This, I mean, this has big potential for fight of the night, right? Here's your big 50 G's coming up. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I was saying, like this this training camp of weight cuts gone so well that, um, you know, in some of my fights, you'll see, a, you know, a great first round out of me and then like an okay first half of the second round. And then I kind of die off pretty quick. Uh, but now, you know, in my sparring and stuff, I've been able to keep that output and that intensity for the three, four rounds. So if, if Superboy is able to, you know, stay conscious long enough, we can take this all three rounds and I can, you know, I can put a clinic together for him. Yeah. Feel free just to end it early, Kyle. I always say that to our guests, like feel free to end it early because we're going to be cheering for you like crazy. My wife may not be cheering for you. It's going to be some difficulty here in the Timmy B household, but feel free to end it early and uh, you know, get the job done and then enjoy the night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Brady Bunch, I think we had one fan question that I thought was interesting that you wanted to ask. So, yeah, I had a fan. I'm sorry. Not going to take the time to look up who it was exactly, but they did send a question, kind of like a broad question. Knowing you're Canadian, knowing that the sport has expanded so much, they suggested they want to know what you thought about this idea. Continental championships where there's like the North American championship, the European champion, and maybe like at the end of the year, a tournament or something to crown the greatest on the planet. Uh, does that sound ridiculous to you or sound like something that you think could work? No, I think I think that's a, definitely a cool idea. I've, uh, I mean, way back in the past, I remember people being like, oh, you know, what about, you know, Bellator versus, you know, UFC or or stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I think the UFC is almost to, you know, a level of itself, like worldwide that, yeah, they could even look at, at doing something like that, having kind of, you know, some smaller like pay-per-view shows and, and, you know, you get the, the best of the best, yeah, out of, out of each continent and then build it up that way and then have one, uh, you know, kind of just a whole, a whole championship fight. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that would be huge. Whether or not the UFC would do it, I don't know, but I know like, like Bellator and one, they're doing some, some cross promotion stuff. So yeah, I could definitely see, um, you know, somebody doing it at some point in time for sure. Yeah. I like that question. I like, I like the idea of that. Kyle, did you, did you know, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about other organizations, but did you know that Risen and Bellator did that event and Bellator swept them five and oh? Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't know it was going to happen, but also like I was on Instagram and then, yeah, I was like, well, they just, like, yeah, they sweeped them. That was that was it's, interesting. I didn't I didn't know because like some of the UFC guys went over to one and and it mm-hmm. looked like uh, you know it was really competitive over there. So yeah, so it was interesting to see uh, yeah that five and zero. Oh. 
yeah, it's pretty, that was pretty bad for Risen though. Cause when you get swept, I don't know, man, that that's the danger of these cross promotional things. If you, cause if your if your team gets swept, what does that mean? Right. For the next event. Yeah. If I'm going to go watch Risen, I'm like, okay, well, these guys like all lost. So kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, we won't keep you much longer, my friend. I really greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast. You're like a Canadian hero. The Canadians are going to be out in droves cheering for you, man. And I'm so excited for you for this event. Uh, before we let you go, two questions. One is, who's someone cool that we should have on the podcast that you might be able to help get me in touch with? Who's someone that you think should be on this podcast? Uh, well, there's a couple a couple UFC fighters I train with. Uh, so one of my training partners, Mike Malott, he has a fight coming up. Um, I guess February 25th. Like, yeah, yeah, a couple weeks after my fight. So yeah, he'd be he'd be a good guy to have on for sure. Nice. Help me get in touch with that dude. He is hard to get a hold of. Uh, I do have some good nicknames already for Mike Malott. I know he's proper already, but I've got some nicknames yeah. for him. Uh, Kyle, before we do let you go, is there anything that you want to say to fans, viewers, and friends? Yeah, I mean, just thanks a lot to everybody, you know, for all the support so far in my UFC career. And yeah, I think we're going to see it, you know, really take off. You know, I'm going to steal some of that, you know, the publicity and the hype that uh, Superboy has. And, you know, we're going to take it all the way to the top. So thanks a lot for cheering me on everyone and yeah if you have any other questions you know message me on social media you know i love to interact with the fans all right love it. brady before we let kyle go anything to say kyle i may end up hitting you up to talk about franchise opportunities with your gym <laughs> down the line uh secondly it's been an honor i always feel like i wish we had more time uh to dive in but we know how you guys have fights coming up very shortly uh well, it's been a pleasure, and I hope to have you back with Timmy. Uh, and one last question. I'm, I'm involved in the music world. If you had to listen to one song before a fight, what would it be? One song. Um, you know, I really, like, I really like Country Boy Can Survive by Hank Williams. Uh, when Matt Hughes used to always come out to that. So if I, had to, if I had to dial it down to one, I feel like, it's, you know, it's a pretty iconic song and, uh, you know, I come from a small town. It's kind of out in the country. So, yeah, I think I think that might be it. I love nice. that response. Matt Hughes I, tied in too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, Kyle. All the best to you, my friend. Go kick some ass. We will see you get that fight of the night or performance of the night. Again, finish the fight early for me. I'd appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one, buddy. Take care. All right. I hope, I hope it's such an awesome fight that he makes it in the ufc hall of fame just <laughs> damn just, yeah that's right we can right? do yeah do ho Troy can get in there twice right twice right uh, with a loss right yeah yeah uh, it's it's gonna be an amazing fight i think those two are just gonna bang this out it's gonna be a massive massive fight and i'm very excited for him um so good luck good luck to kyle the monster nelson brady bunch i'm gonna talk about some friends of the podcast update Sure. If you don't mind, which is going to lead into something. Uh, before <laughs> before we get to there, guys, I do want to say uh, thank you for coming. If you're a fan of Kyle Nelson and that's why you're here, please do follow and subscribe to us. All our links are down below. And, uh, you know, we've got great guests from around the world of combat sports coming in every week. Next week, I'm very happy to announce that we have the Fury FC strawweight champion Mia Graw 
She is coming on the podcast. So a Fury FC current strawweight champion. She fights next on February 5th as well. So we're getting her right uh, before her fight as well. So very excited for that next week. I do want to say thank you, of course, to my friends at RageWorks Podcast Network. They are at RageWorksNetwork.com. That's a podcast network out of New York City. We're friends with them and part of that. So go hit them up for other great podcasts. Okay, friends of the podcast update. Laura Gallardo, Lily Ferreira, Tanya Najjar, they all fight Invicta when uh, January 18th. So that's tomorrow when we're recording this. It's going to be yesterday when this releases. So let's all give good positive vibes to them. Uh, Jenna Bishop, February 25th. Raquel Pennington won her fight. Did you see the fight, Brady Bunch, last weekend? Raquel Pennington? You want to know the truth? Only highlights. Okay. Impressive. Impressive Holy crap. Raquel Pennington is on a five-fight win streak, ranked number five in bantamweight, and takes out the number two-ranked Ketlin Vieira. Rocky's on another streak back towards the title. So I am very happy for it. It was a great fight. She got nice and bloodied up in the beginning and just, like, such a dog. Holy moly, dog. And you know what? I love seeing, knowing when, just sometimes, what I love seeing is, when a fighter that I'm excited about years back, like doesn't give up and keeps going, right? Yeah. And th- this is a perfect example. And what I will say is she looked fit. She looked like a beast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I think I saw in your post, you were asking people like, what should be next? Uh, what do you think should be next? I would like her to fight Juliana Pena next. I think Juliana Pena, I, I think Juliana Pena, and if she doesn't get the title shot, I think Juliana versus Rocky would be a great fight. They're both tough veterans. Um, yep. They're both old school at this point. I mean, as, as young as they are, they're both old school. I think that would be a great fight. If not, I don't know what's next for Raquel. I mean, title shot, does she wait it out? That seems weird. Uh, I'd like to see her get one more big fight. So big fight against anybody, but Juliana Pena would be my pick. Um, last friend of the podcast update, and this leads to you is two-time guest of the podcast, Gita Marie Figueroa, uh, you know, good friend of mine, good friend of the podcast. We've had her on a couple times. We've talked about her because she is a transgender fighter out of Florida. She just announces today that she is fighting here at uh, New Line. Is that what it's called? New Line Fighting? Yes, New Line Cage Fighting. Yeah. A prom- and she... A prom- Yes, go on. No, no, and she's fighting uh, Brittany Vaughn, who we've talked about on this podcast as well. They're marketing it as the world's first transgender kickboxing contest. But, and as friendly as I am with her and with you, of course, I know you've got some comments on this. Yeah, so without being unprofessional, and I've chilled out a bit since waking up to see this news, all I will say is this, uh, anyone who's followed my story along with these two other fighter stories, we're out there fighting other trans opponents or men. That's what we want, right? It's cisgender men. Uh, there's been point in times where I've spoken to both of these athletes about fighting them. Uh, and to tell you the truth, I think it was on this podcast, my first time on here as a guest, I think I name dropped Cage Line, New- uh, Cage Line as the organization that I was planning to take 
my career to the next level. Um, celebrity boxing, I love it, but truthfully, kickboxing is it for me. And I would love to do MMA as well. Uh, but I, all along, it's been the Muay Thai and the kickboxing. And all I've been talking about all along is how I can't wait to have this historic kickboxing match. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a little silly. I love that organization that they keep giving trans people a spotlight and an opportunity. Uh, but I do know this. I know Celebrity Boxing reached out to Gita or G. Marie. She left them on red. She was offered the fight. I guess she didn't want it bad enough, right? Then they announced my fight. I had to reach out to New Line Cage Fighting to let them know, hey, unfortunately, that fight is the same date as your fight. Yeah. And then we agreed to postpone my fight in May. So as of right now, I'm supposed to be fighting for this organization in May. And I thought it was going to be the historic kickboxing match or possibly a boxing match. We were still talking about it. But truthfully, I think I've made it known to the world. I want to be like Nong Rose from Thailand. That's it. That was my motivation. So yeah. to see G Marie tagging me, saying I'm not a real fighter, all this stuff. And then literally leaves comments for the public to see as if I'm the one obsessed with her. When I unfollowed her, when she was supporting Dana White hitting women, she says she agrees that was self-defense. That's where I drew a line. Everyone thinks differently. Unfollowed her. Yeah. Right? No, she's tagging me left and right, saying I'm not a real fighter. Uh, next thing I know, I'm speaking to Brittany this whole last month. I'm speaking to New Lodge Cave Fighting. I tried to get into the tough man competition that Brittany won. I got denied because I live too far away. I tried rough and rowdy. All I've been trying to do is fight other trans women or men. It was Gita who was given the opportunity with celebrity boxing, didn't take it, and then magically pops up and takes the March 11th fight to have this historic kickboxing match. So basically, as we all know, she's not really a kickboxer. I think she lied about her experience just to make this match happen. I recently registered with West Virginia. She has confessed to me. She's taken MMA classes and they teach everything, right? But it sounds to me like she may have told some other people to get this fight that she trained in kickboxing for years. Uh, she's... Brittany's moving up and wait to fight her, which I don't think is so impressive, right? Uh, I give props to Brittany and I hope Brittany wins. I am a little disappointed that no one gave me a heads up that this was going to happen in such a way. Yeah. Especially being told that my fight would just be moved today. But this is what's cool. The organization, the guy who runs it reached out to me. He's very sweet, very supportive. He would love to create a path for people like myself and Brittany. He also knows that Brittany and I are both, we're not so young, so we got to get these fights in while we can. He dreams of creating a tournament like we have discussed. He told me if I could find up to eight athletes like myself, he will launch the first ever trans tournament to crown like a real champion. Last comment is, uh, it sounds like this. I am going to fight Brittany Vaughn in a boxing or kickboxing match, probably in May. I, I've told that organization I would love of to beat up G Gita when I'm done. I got you. I, I know it's a little bit glitchy. I'll do my best to edit this so that the that it it um, comes out as clear as possible on the podcast. Obviously, I'm friends with Gita, so you know I wish right. her all the best. 
So sorry. Um, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'll talk. I'll talk over this part where hopefully your connection gets a little bit better. But I do think you know. Again, kudos to New Line Cage Fighting for for setting this up. And I do hope you get your fight in the future with whoever. I do think we talked about this before when it comes to like a tournament and stuff like that. It is hard because everybody has to be around that same weight class. Like people are going to have to go up or go down like some somehow with not so many fighters yes, in this the division. Yeah, they've got to somehow figure something out, like have catch weights or whatever that kind of brings everyone to some sort of medium level, you know. Um, but anyways, good luck to that. I'm, we'll keep talking about it because, of course, their fight is scheduled for the same day as yours. Right, it's the same day, March eleventh. Yes, it's a big day in, in combat sports for trans people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, of course. Yeah, you brought up something interesting because the Dana White thing, and I do want to touch on it quickly. What's crazy, uh, Brady Bunch, is that the story is Love gone. It. The story yes. is the, the the story has gone. Like. It happened last week. We recorded our podcast. And then the day after is when Dana White had his uh, media interview day. And you saw that, correct? Yes. Yeah. So that thing happens. It explodes for a few days. And then it dies out. It's gone. Nobody's talking about it. I'm shocked because of you know my predictions on the podcast of what I said I thought would happen and stuff like that, but nothing has happened. Um, I will say, and I don't want to drag into this because now it's a week old and nobody even cares, apparently, but I thought the Dano's White's uh, interview was upsetting. I thought that there was a lot of things that were said there that were wrong or that were really weird. Um, the fact that, you know, essentially the punishment is just, hey, I got to live with this. And that was the punishment. And it seems like nothing else is going to come down on it. Um, no real out speech from any of the company heads or anything like that. And people will say, well, Tim, there shouldn't be. Um, we differ on that opinion. People were still defending his actions online. And, and in his speech, he says, do not defend me. What I did is wrong. Yet you will still see post after post saying, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, one comment that I received that I do want to just not read out per se, but I thought this was such a weird thing for someone to say. Uh, Brady Bunch, they after essentially agreeing with it, they said, it's 2023, keep your hands to yourself. And you see that post a lot. And my argument to that is, when was the date change? Like, what do you mean it's 2023? Keep your hands to yourself. What year? What was the year that it wasn't okay? And then when did it suddenly become okay? I agree. It's so foolish. I don't know why you would say that. And if you find yourself saying that, I think you got to check yourself and say, well, at what year do, did I agree that it wasn't okay to hit a woman? I you know, even if she hits first, which I don't care about that. At what point was it not okay to hit a woman? And then at what point in time was it now okay? I think you got to check yourself for that. Um, yeah. What I think it is, is so many people just think equality means everything's oh, yeah. perfectly, which makes no sense because guess what? That's not what feminists were fighting for when this yeah. all started, right? Yeah, no. It wasn't. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to be able to punch you in the face and you can punch me back. No, it was like, 
hey, we want some health care to make sure that we all don't die while giving birth to your kids and stuff like that, right? Uh, equal pay for the same job, right? Yep. Yep. But yeah, you're right. definitely. You're right. It, I mean, I don't know where that comes from, but again, you know, and these are people that I like that are saying this. Um, what I will say about the Dana White, and I just want to make this one comment, okay, is when he goes off in his speech in the media day from last week, he talks about the, the biggest thing that I took issue with was where he said, what, what's going to happen to me? What, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to step away for a couple of weeks? Who's that going to hurt? It's just going to hurt the fighters. It's going to hurt the promotion. It's going to hurt whatever. And essentially what he was selling to us was if I leave, everything else crumbles, right? Did you get that from his speech? Did you sense that? So, okay. Yes. What I would like to say to people is that you are replaceable. Do you understand? In your workplace, in your, on your team, in your hobbies, even in your relationships, you are replaceable. And you need to yes. get that through your head, okay? Because if you can understand that you are replaceable, you will be a better person. You will try harder at work. You will try harder in your relationships. You will try harder in your friendships. You have to understand that you are replaceable. And if you get that through your head, you will, in essence, try to be a better person, which then makes you a better person, which makes everything around you better. If you don't and you think you are irreplaceable, trust me, people will get that sense from you. They will understand that you feel that way and you will be replaced. So I don't know what more to tell you, but you got to get that through your head. That is not okay for anybody to think that they are not replaceable. I can't think of any case in the world where someone is not replaceable. And I felt like just him saying that was so weird and it was so disrespectful to everybody that works at the UFC from the janitor of the PI to anywhere else in that organization to all the fighters, which are truly the product. Him saying, if I leave, everything else crumbles, paraphrasing, super disrespectful. I didn't like that. And I'm a huge Dana White fan up until this recent issue. Like, go back in the podcast. I'm always the one defending him, defending what he's saying, defending his, his moves and his business practices. I was the one defending him. But on this case, I cannot. So, I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm not always defending him in the past. But there are points where people were shocked with me defending Dana, right, in mm -hmm, certain mm -hmm. scenarios. Uh, but I agree with you. It came off as arrogant, out of touch, self-absorbed. And yes, I'm sure there were a lot of people that work for the company that are cringing. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's it's more of the bigger problem around capitalism and the way we have things structured. People at a certain level of income, a certain amount of power, they really do think they're irreplaceable, untouchable. Uh, and that, that's what's crazy. And if I was a shareholder in the UFC, all this would make me think, right? If I was working for ESPN or Disney, all this would make me think. And I, once again, I think you're the one who brought this to my attention. They're going forward with this man's slap league. Yeah, I think on the day that this, on the day that this podcast uh, is released, I think that's the day it's going to air. I will never 
promote that shit. Never. I'm sorry. I don't care how popular that gets. I'm not doing that. And I don't know what doctor or what athletic commission is sanctioning slap. No problem. Like who, like what commission is going to be saying, yes, it's okay. In In UFC, in MMA rules, the fight stops if you are not intelligently defending yourself. How the fuck do you sanction a fight where you're supposed to put your hands down and get smashed in the face? Yes. It, it also makes me wonder about like the whole idea of CTE damage. Yeah. Like yep. to me, just all head shaking, like especially when you see those super heavyweights smacking the crap out of each other. Yeah. I've seen some of those videos. Yeah. It's, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not following it. I'm not doing it. It's stupid. And I can't believe it's going forward with everything. I can't believe it's going forward in general in, in, in society. I can't believe that's happening. And I can't believe the people that are doing it are standing out there saying they're athletes. Fuck that. Maybe you are an athlete, but you're not an athlete because you're competing in slap fighting. So give me a break. It's just stupid. I, I don't care. Stupid. Uh, Brady Bunch, I know your mic is still a little bit funny, but we're trying to do it the best we can. Let's move in now. You're talking about CTE and stuff like that. Let's move yeah. to Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou now is now a free agent. He reported today, as we're recording this, just now, an hour before we started, on the Ariel Helwani show, the MMA Hour. He reports he was technically a free agent as of December 9th when his contract ran out, but he chose not to say anything because out of respect, he was still engaging in conversations uh, with the UFC, which now has broken off. He's now stripped of the title, blah, blah, blah. He's free to do his own stuff. He said that he was standing up for his morals, that he was standing up for what he believed in, um, that he didn't want to be a sellout. And on the Ariel Helwani show, he said today that, um, let me just see here. So he said the things that he was arguing for was sponsorship, the right to have sponsorship, uh, health insurance, and to have a fighter advocate, someone that are, is going to be in the board meetings who advocates for fighters. These were some of the things that he was specifically trying to get in his contract. Um, on top of what he announced was about $8 million a fight, which is good money for a UFC. Brady Bunch, I get what he's trying to do for health insurance and sponsorship and all that. I just don't know that... Man, that is tough that he's left the UFC for something like that, which really, did he really have any hope of getting that? Like, that's a massive change. And he said, it wasn't for me. I wasn't fighting I for my so. own health insurance. I wanted health insurance for everybody. It's like, dude, I don't know that you're that big of a star to command that. What do you, what do See, you think but, on that? So I'm sorry about my mic and office issue, issues. Uh, no worries. Uh, lesson learned going back to the old office. Uh, but basically my opinion is this, I have to wonder if Jake Paul, now I know I sound crazy nope. to make, I, he was talking all about starting that fighters board, right? Or like the fighters organization, yep. better pay, health insurance. The fact that he jumped to there, part of his Anderson Silva fight, the deal was we're going to form something, right? Yep. Could this all be like, well, interestingly, on the Ariel Helwani show, he never asks about the PFL shirt that his that his aunt or whatever was wearing in the picture. 
All he says is, okay, so are you open to fighting elsewhere? And he says, yes, I'll fight wherever, blah, blah, blah. Here's the problem. Why, who the hell is PFL to pay him $8 million a fight? Who's he going to fight in PFL? Give me a fucking break. There's nobody. Where does PFL have $8 million to pay Francis Ngannou to fight who? Name me five heavyweights in the PFL, right? Like you can't, nobody can. I even posted online. People could Google it if they yeah. wanted to, and they still can only give me like one or two names. I, it, this is a tough one, man. I, I'm, I'm not too keen that Nganu is gone. And um, for those that are watching on video, uh, Brady Bunch's camera is a little bit, we're thinking maybe that's some of the problem. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. This is oh terrible. Oh my God, Timmy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm editing so this sorry. podcast for like 100 hours. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry. That's this is all on me. No, 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 don't worry. Uh, so part of me is just wondering if, like, I know, for example, so you're right. Like, who has this money? They're very well, well, might be some rich guys behind the scenes that are throwing money at this organization. Investors, sponsors. Uh, for all we know, sometimes I wonder, is this a bigger scheme than we think? Could a lot of the PFL, because they are on ESPN as well, the UFC and PFL kind of be doing like a whole WCW, WWE type thing <laughs> no. while secretly sharing the money, sharing the growth. Uh, but I hear no. you. They don't have a heavyweight division. Maybe they get some of these crazy fights. Uh, I'm also curious. You saw how bare knuckle fighting has been tagging Francis, right? Yep. Yep. Do, who do you, out of your opinion, who do you think has more money or more ability to attract him to fight? Zero. I, I literally think because here's a, so I appreciate that Francis stood up for his beliefs. I appreciate that Francis said, hey, you've been treating me poorly. I've now fought out my contract and now out of principle, which he says out of principle, I'm going to I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be with the UFC anymore. So I get all that and I appreciate that. But he's not going to be able to take those same arguments to other organizations. He's not going to be able to tell BKFC to give their fighters health care. Like, I don't, I don't see anyone doing that. I've been researching into health care for fighters and for UFC and stuff like that. It's borderline impossible. And, and the issue is, is that no insurance company will write that. Is From the research I'm doing, that's the issue. You can't even get it. There's, there's uh, I think it's NFL or NHL. One of them does not have any health care because they can't get it. So UFC is not going to get it. PFL is not going to get it. Like, so now Nganu has given up UFC, which fine, he gives it up out of principle, but you're going to go to these other organizations. They're not going to give that to you either. So now at the best, you make that same 8 million to fight, no offense, nobody's, and nobody's going to watch. Like BKFC, I already pay my $5 a month for their thing. How many more people are going to buy the BKFC app just to watch Nganu fight? I don't know. Eight million people See, are going to do yeah. that. That's how many you'd need. But you know what? It makes me so. You're. I think you're right about BKFC. I think we are going to see him go the boxing route, probably fight Fury or someone. But that sure. alone, in my opinion, is he can make all that money. A lot of these people, I think, know they're getting older, and I'm going to go back to. I think some of these fighters. Some of these people don't care about money. We interview them. They just want to go fight for the gold. Right. I have to wonder if once you get that gold, like what's, 
What do you need to prove? What else do you need to prove? Maybe it is better to go fight cans that you know you will crush, get paid decently, or just have these big Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather type fights that A, make you into a bigger superstar in some ways, makes you hated by others. Uh, Who knows? Or maybe we're watching the downfall. All empires eventually fall. Maybe this is the beginning of the end of the UFC. Maybe people are sick of Dana. Maybe some people with money are jumping to these other orgs. Maybe they're going to donate more. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to get fighter health insurance, but I hope they get better pay across the board. I hope there's some type of union that's created. Yeah, I I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't think it is. Uh, I'll just put up a few tweets on the screen. Oh, you're back. I'll put up a few tweets on the screen. Uh, Eddie Alvarez says UFC simply lost the bid for Francis. Instead of admitting that, they go with the narrative that the scariest man alive is afraid to fight in the UFC. Ha, ha, ha. And then you've got uh, Mike Beast Boy Davis, we talked about on the podcast today. Clearly something must be wrong if a champion in the UFC isn't willing to re-sign and v- vacates his title. Uh, Beast Boy Mike Davis, boy, he's been coming out a little bit public. I'm worried for your future, my friend. <laughs> like You might want to just be quiet a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the narrative that Dana is trying to spin is that he was essentially that he was scared. And so he's vacating and he's saying, it's not worth the money. I don't want to take this risk. And Ganu comes out today and says, no, that's not what it is. It's that I was trying to fight for all these things, which I, you were never going to get. I, I, he also says that he has no management. So I'm like, was he not being directed by someone to help him understand that? Hey, look, dude, these are not things that you can be fighting for. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that is tough. We will never see Nganu in UFC again, is my thought. Hopefully he gets a fight, a boxing fight that pays him billions of dollars, but I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. It is a sad day. You know what? Know. What do you think about the heavyweight division in general now? And what do you think about Jones getting a title shot right away? I hate it. I don't like Jones for all the personal reasons that one can have for not liking Jones. Um, I'm not a Jones fan and I don't know that Jones makes it to that fight. That's it's a while away. Plenty of things could happen. USADA could happen. Um, who knows? And, and if he wins the title, yep. ugh, God, then he wins the title. And then I don't know what happens next. Is he going to be committed to fighting a lot? Is he going to com- be committed to fighting multiple times in the year? Um, I don't want him to come in, win the title, and then walk away. And then I also feel Jones going up to heavyweight. Who's his next fight? Okay, so he fights Cyril Gunn, which I don't even know that that's a massive fight. Um, yeah, It's a massive fight because it's Jones, but it's not a massive fight because it's Cyril Gunn. And then who does yeah. he fight next? Stipe? Stipe hasn't won a fight since, since August of 2020. So how yeah. is Stipe the big draw? Who cares? Uh, and then who else is in that division? Like you don't have, you know, the big guys was really in Ghana. That was the big scary one. You've got amazing heavyweights, no doubt. You've got Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, all them. But any of those guys versus John Jones, is that a massive selling pay-per-view? Once Jones fight fights once, once he fights once and gets everyone to watch him, the second fight, I say it's a bomb. Like I don't, I don't even think anybody cares. And you know what? I think you're kind of right. Unless they have some new talent pop up. Right. right. Yeah. Furthermore, 
my big fear is what if Jones wins and then like typical Jones fashion, he gets popped for something. <laughs> That's my big yeah. fear too. Right. Knowing he's yeah. this big guy now. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and like you, I have mixed feelings about Jones and going back a lot of people call him the goat. In fact, that's what made me a little sick too. I hate to say it. <laughs> Part of me is like, here's Dana White in an interview talking about how this guy, in his opinion, is the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, they both happen to fit into a special club together at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Further, furthermore, uh, I I have a problem calling someone who's been caught cheating the greatest of all time, right? Yeah, me too. Yep. Can't say that about the GSP, right? And that's why I will forever tip my hat to someone like a GSP, right? But that's going back. I felt like this was part of let's cover up the Dana story. Hey, everybody, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. You don't if you if you don't think that this timing is perfect to create a whole new controversy, a whole new story that that dominates the headlines and totally takes focus away. I mean. Yeah, this is a pretty big story that takes focus away and, and adds a whole bunch of new controversy to kind of now just get us onto that next news cycle. That's the way the news works. But yep. I mean, that's this one organization generating that, right? Um, yeah, for me, I'll just put it out here quickly. One of my goats has got to be Bisbing. Bisbing never uh, popped. Michael Bisbing never popped, fought with one eye for half his career, won the title, overcame adversity, has some amazing fights. This thing's way up there on my list too. No, I think I think once you pop, you're out of my contention. Did GSP ever pop? He never popped, right? No, I don't. No, 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 no. And GSP's amazing for sure too. I feel like Bisping gave me more exciting fights in my life. I feel like some of Bisping's fights were so crazy and so great to watch, and then knowing that he did them with one eyeball was even crazier. I don't know. And just, I mean, and also I, I, I think when I think about a goat, I think about how they are in and out of the cage as well and their personality and blah, blah, blah. George was amazing. He was super respectful, but Bisbing was a character, you know, like Bisbing created drama. And I like that Bisbing lost. Bisbing would lose and then win, you know, like things were crazy. Anyways. All right. Let's get to this last thing. I know that our, our screen is all a mess today. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm going to show a video. Here's the thing that we, we teased at the beginning of the podcast saying that 99% of you don't know that this is happening, okay? And Brady Bunch, I did not prep you for this. The right. event with the event with uh, Kyle Nelson that is fighting in, UFC Spivak versus Lewis. There are a whole bunch of fights on that card. Do you know that it relates to a reality show? Do you know that this whole card, you didn't know this, right? So the whole Lewis versus Spivak card is based on a reality show that the UFC was running. Nobody knows this thing's been happening since uh, June of 2022. It's called Road to UFC. When I say that, does that ring any bells? Road to the UFC? Yes. That, yeah. Okay. I've seen, I have seen that posted, no, nothing about but yes. You've seen that posted? I, I've never I seen that. I feel like posted. Dana White has referenced. Okay. And so what's so funny U is I never knew what it was. Yeah. 
I feel like I sort of the light plugging it at one point. That's the only reason why I know. But I had no idea what it was. I thought it was tied to the Contender series, like a spinoff. Okay. So it's called Road to UFC Asia. And this has been happening since June of this year. I'm going to put a video on the screen. And this is me on my UFC Fight Pass trying to find it. I mean, you can't even find this on the Fight Pass. Uh, I think if I add this in, we're going to see it on screen. So here it is. And I'm in my Fight Pass and I'm searching. At first, I search Asia. Okay, I get nothing. I get Peter Yan fight. Then I switch it and I search Road to UFC. What should come up? No, nothing. I get a Leon Edwards fight and a whole bunch of fights, nothing. Then I type Road to UFC Asia. Boom. Here's all the friggin' episodes. You have to you have to search so specific to even find this in the UFC app. That's crazy. There, there, <laughs> there was a tournament that happened, okay, throughout 2022. It was to feature and find the greatest athletes in the Asian markets, which, I mean, nobody heard about. And the fights that are happening at the Lewis versus Spivak is the finals for all the divisions in this tournament. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting is another way to put it. This thing has received zero focus. So the uh, fights, there are fights for, bah, bah, bah. there is the featherweight title, the bantamweight title, the flyweight title, and the welterweight. I think it's four um, divisions that they ran tournaments for. And so four or five of the fights are the title not title fights, but like to determine the winner of Road to UFC Asia. You know what? This the irony is this almost fits into the model we were talking about, where let's find like the champion from each country. Yeah, right. I know, I know, and that's yeah, that and that's why this was all perfect timing for me to bring this up. But yeah, so there were uh, yeah, sorry, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, and lightweight, all men's only. Um, but yeah, there were tournaments. So uh, each one, there was a two, there was an eight-man tournament in every uh, division, and this event that was supposed to be in South Korea, and now that makes even more sense why it was there, was because there was going to be these final uh, five, one, two, three, no, final four uh, matches to to deem the winner of Road to UFC Asia. Simply amazing. That this has gone so under the radar in terms of bad marketing. Uh, yes, and their IT, whatever it is, they gotta they gotta fix the algorithm and the search bar feature. Oh, don't! don't. It makes me wonder if they don't want us watching. Yeah, don't don't even get yeah don't even get me started with the UFC Fight Pass app in terms of like how difficult it is to find things and everything. Um, but yeah, this this whole thing gone, and uh, so you had this whole thing to. Um, you had this whole thing to bring awareness to these fighters. And I feel like it's gone very under the radar. This Lewis versus Spivak card that Kyle Nelson is on, tune in for that fight. Tune in for the Spivak fight. Uh, tune in for Gion Kim, our good friend, who's going to be fighting on that card. But boy, those other matches, people are going to be so confused as to what's happening. When that airs in North America, for sure. I mean, I don't know around the world, 
But when this airs in North America, people are going to be so damn confused what's happening. I'm telling you. But I don't know. You know what? I can't wait for the reactions, comment sections. People are just going to be like, who are these people? Like, it's it's going to be so weird. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, go This ahead. might lead to some overnight superstars. You know how it is. You see a fighter you don't recognize, and then they get an awesome first-round knockout. It might be a night like that where, who knows? I'm going to try to be optimistic about this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, good luck. And I, and, I, and I wish all of these people the best and that, and that, yeah, and that some superstars come out of it. But I'm thinking that a lot of these fighters don't speak English, which we've talked about is, a, is difficult when you're trying to market. I also feel like if there was a reality show based around them where there, there was this tournament, obviously there must've been a bunch of marketing of these guys during the show, but probably you're supposed to have watched all that leading into these final fights. So I don't know, good luck to this whole event, but uh, Brady Bunch, without all the technical difficulties, I still feel like this was a good show. We had a good interview uh, with Kyle Nelson and we've covered several good things, right? Kind of. I, I'm pleased that we made it through. I'm so sorry that you'll be stuck editing so much of this. And I will make sure I have the perfect internet and Wi-Fi next week. No uh, worries, no worries. But yes, no, it was awesome. And I hope Kyle gets the win. Uh, you know, it's like you said, it's a big match for both of them. So it's going to be, they both need this win in a way. Uh, yeah. But since Kyle's now a guest of the show. I hope that we're cheering and I know your wife might be disappointed. Uh, but yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and we, and thank you. I'm excited to interview us next week. We have a current champion. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Mia Graw. Yeah. So very excited for her. And we've got some good other guests lined up as well. Some returning guests. So I'm excited for some of those. We've been reaching out and figuring that out. All right. And it's this Wednesday, just in case people missed it, it's the Invicta fights. Yeah. Right? So when, yeah. So when this drops, you're going to have to go and find like the replay. Right. And if you're following us on our Instagram, we'll, we'll obviously be posting the results, especially if our friends win. And uh, another heads up, I did get a package in the mail today, which I'm going to do an unboxing video for. Uh, this is one of the UFC Timex watches. Speaking of marketing, Wait, really? did you, yeah, did you see that they released a bunch of watches on Timex? I only saw like some. Yeah. So yeah, so I got so one. On. I bought one. Uh, some of them look okay. Some of them don't look so bad. So I'm gonna do an unboxing video of this one. I I got it. I thought it looked kind of cool, and I also thought like mm, maybe it's gonna be a collector's edition or worth something in a little while. So you know what? I'm so curious about. I can't wait for the unboxing because I'm curious about which style you went with. Which Is one did I get? Is it? Yeah, yes. yeah, you'll yeah, you'll see. I got the one that I wanted. Um, so I'll do an unboxing for that. But anyways, Brady Bunch, I know the technical difficulties started when we were getting a little bit emotional about your thing, but we'll follow this story through. We'll keep talking about it. If you have to cut that out, it's all good. Don't no, worry. no, no, we gotta let it go. No, because it is important. Um, it's it's about us, right? It's about personal. Like people actually people have been reaching out to me saying um they didn't like that we didn't follow through with more of your story last week's episode there like hey i wanted to hear more of that and i'm like yes i know i want to hear more of that too but we were like right at the end and i couldn't you know go on too long and i want to give it respect so 
Um, next week, I think next week, for those of you that were listening to our, our podcast last week, we talked about some personal things. Um, next week's guest we're going to have on, we're going to do that. And then we're going to get into some more serious stuff and serious topics. Um, some other issues have happened during the week. I swear we could do a podcast like almost every day and there'd be enough stuff to talk about, you know? So, um, guys, radio thank- show coming through. yes, get me on a radio. That's fine. Uh, guys, thank you for watching as always. We'll be back next week and Brady Bunch. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Same to you. Thanks everyone. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>